Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Reliving the Extreme. This week, we are reviewing the episode of ECW from October the 11th, 1994. Nate Maxson here with you, along with, of course, my brother Aaron. Hello, everybody. And ECW's own Chad Austin. What's up, bro, fellas? How's it going out there tonight, fellas? I don't know about you guys, but my dogs are barking. My feet are killing me, man. I just I didn't my- work, so I did nothing all day. It was great. Nah, your dogs are sleeping. I, I, I was... I was complaining on the way home to Jess about two more days so I have a day off. And she's like, stop complaining. You were just off yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, dude, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, You clock in <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm ready for a day off already. Yeah, I, I feel that every single time. Yeah, right. Ready, ready to relax. Well, got to relax a little bit, I guess, and watch 40 minutes of ECW here. 37 um, and a half. 37 and a half. Yeah. And, uh. This week's show is, is well, they start the hype for November to Remember to uh, start this show off. And then Joey intros the show. And we are have this week's show is in Hambone, Pennsylvania. Hamburg, Pennsylvania. It's Hambone. Exact. Hambone, good old fashioned, Pennsylvania. The good old-fashioned field house. There, there are a lot of burgs in, Pens- or in Pennsylvania, aren't there? There's Pittsburgh, Hamburg. They're talking about this next show and going to be in Harrisburg. Lots of burgs in Pennsylvania. Yeah, because it's... um. It's like a Commonwealth state, so like all the all the states that are like burgs are like they're, they're like self sufficient, mm-hmm. and pretty much got their own governing body. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like literally that's why it's so many of them because that you know they all have their own different rules. And uh, we start the show off here by Joey hypes the matches for the show that we've got a couple of quote unquote main events coming up on this week's show. Um, and I am hoping as we start the show, I wrote down here at the end of my notes, but I want to say at the beginning of the show, I hope that Aaron did another transcription of the Tommy Dreamer promo at the end oh, of this show. I didn't. Sorry. Oh, Sorry to be all right. down. I do That's have some right. though. It's, it's not good. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> but we will get there. We're, we're going to start at A and get to Z there. Um, the first match on this week's show, the public enemy against Donnie Allen and Dino Sendoff. Um, this is pretty much a, a squash match, but the public enemy start out the show assaulting D- Donnie and Dino with bats, which is going to play a role later on in the show as well. Oh, I actually made a note about why I wasn't, why I wasn't at the November to remember. Oh, we had a, we had a, um, a, a bought show in Maryland like that day. I remember, that, um, it's a, it was a sold show. So I was guaranteed more money to work that show than I was for ECW. And you probably weren't going to have to chase it either. No, no, no. Well, still, but Whipwreck, I mean, if he can if he can get away without paying you, you know, he's not going to go look for you, put it that way. He's not looking for the line. The line's looking for him. Yeah, because we knew, we knew damn well that it being a sold show, like Dennis got paid. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when they bought, like, them, when them schools buy them shows, 
they give they give Dennis a list of guys that they want, like possibly. I mean, there's always going to be the ultimate warrior on there. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And they get, get, they get a bunch. <laughs> huh? It's like, we want the ultimate warrior. It's like, will you settle for King Kong Bundy? Sure. Pretty much. That's, that's we, have this, we have this guy, we have this guy, the metal maniac. He wears yeah. the paint. Oh yeah, yeah. They'll they they they'll take Jimmy Snooker. And if they take Jimmy Snooker, you gotta take the metal maniac. But yeah, it's um like Dennis, like literally, he'll he'll tell the school that like since they King Kong Bundy is like maybe just say like fifteen hundred and Bundy's only getting paid five hundred. Right. You know, but you know, but the school doesn't know that shit, that kind of stuff. Same with like Jimmy Snooker. What do you think Jimmy Snooker like makes like legitimately or any other any other independent like what 200 hours a night yeah i was i was well you 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 lowballed me i was gonna say 350 but yeah probably 200 okay okay just say even just say like 350 dennis will tell the promoter like 750 you know oh you want jimmy snooker you know i can't get you i can't get you the undertaker <laughs> but i can get you curtis hughes he's got to earn that's the closest i can get you to the undertaker i don't or know what you're I don't know which Brian Lash. You can get that. What is it? Brian? Is it Brian Lash? Who did the California Creative? Oh, um, California um, Creative Wrestling. Who had the underwear taker? Oh yes, uh, Vandal Drummond. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The uh, yeah, I can get you a doink. I can't. I can't tell you which doink it's going to be, but I can get you a doink. Oh, how many times do you think that's happened? You know, we got we got Bob Starr, right, (laughs) Mister Hollywood. That dude on a bought show, he'll work three times. He'll work as Bob Starr. And then he'll put a mask on and come back as the Russian assassin. And then he puts another mask on, another outfit on, and he comes out as uh, just somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, he'll work three times. And, and I, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to say he gets three paydays. That him, and Dennis, him and Dennis are friends. So I doubt he's getting paid three times. Yeah, but yeah, he'll work three different times. It's a Jacko victory situation. Yeah, yeah. Bob's the worst. <laughs> Bob's the worst doink too. It, it just amazes me, like how how we pull that off. It's just hilarious what how we pull that off because Bob can't really work. I mean, he's good. He's good at what he does, and that's pretty much a lot of nothing. And that's you know when he has to like work, it's it's kind of hard. Like when I work him, I work him. I make him work mm-hmm. and he, he, he never like me and him are good friends, but he never likes working with me because I'll make him, I'll make, I'll run him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that hokey la la stuff with him. You know what I mean? If, especially if it's a good house. When we do them little shitty local shows, sure. We'll go out there and we'll hand bone it up. Mm-hmm. We'll, do, we'll do arch a, it to death. <laughs> do a bunch of stalling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, this uh, this matchup between the uh, Public Enemy and Allen and Sendoff, um, like I said, essentially a squash match to put Public Enemy over. I don't know if you guys have any any comments on it. I don't I don't have anything uh, written down other than at the beginning they assault them with baseball bats. There's a jailbird chant, and Rocco raps on the top turnbuckle before he hits the drive by. Almost the entire song. That must have um that match looked to me like it was like heavily edited. It just seemed like it was really, really short. Yeah, and it was chopped. Yeah, you're right. It was really choppy. Yeah, I, I was. I don't know why they would they would have wanted Dino and Donnie, Dino E. Allen, to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
to go any longer than what what kind of was on there. But yeah, I I was just like, dude, they hacked the hell out of this man. Aaron, your comments? Just it was it was it was what it was, and it was to get Public Enemy over. And like I said, Rocco rapped some song. I don't even know what he was rapping, but it, it, he was up there for a good minute, just rapping. <laughs> he and was Donnie just had, rapping. Donnie Allen had to delay there like a fucking dildo waiting for Rocco to get finished rapping his song. It was dumb. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Public Enemy, Public Enemy squash matches. A day, I don't know. There's nothing to them for me. You know, yeah, like they really should just go out there and and play the play like the hits. You know, yep. don't don't waste anybody's time out there with you know with, by doing too much because that it, it it really makes them look bad. Because no offense, but nobody's gonna accuse you know Johnny Grunge and and Rocco Rock of being great workers. No, they're they're definitely a team that are reflective of whoever they're in the ring with. Like, you can get a good match out of them. I mean, Mikey and Cactus did it. You can get a good match out of them, but they're not going to give you the good match. If what I'm or you can about. do what the Harris brothers did and just beat the shit out of them. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's hilarious, man. That, like them them two guys, man. They just didn't care, man. They they definitely a far cry. From when they were the Blue Denim Brews brothers in Memphis. You ever remember them? Yep. You ever see like their first promo? I don't think I've ever. No, I don't think I've ever seen that because they were they were sponsored by like that band Sawyer Brown, and um, they came out for their first interview, and and Lance tries to put them over, and and the one of the brothers go, and he kind of smiled because he started stuttering, and then he just kind of shut up. And I'm like, oh, this is your first promo, like, ever. <laughs> I mean, that's when they didn't look anything like they did when they came to ECW. And it's Memphis, so we're live. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> I, I'm not even sure they work on a 30-second delay. I don't think, I think so. I think no. they're a straight live feed. Because I've heard some I've heard some, uh, some four-letter words. Yeah, I've heard some four-letter words slip during brawls and stuff that didn't appear to be edited out. I mean, obviously, I didn't. Li- I didn't live in Memphis, so I didn't watch it on TV as it was airing. But every any any that I've ever watched later on, on YouTube or whatever, yeah, I've definitely heard some four letter words slip on that show that did not get edited out. So I don't. I think you're right. They. I don't think they were on a delay. Um, after when the I, match, yeah, when I when I was staying in Memphis, um, I didn't live. The place I was staying at was not not that far from the Union Avenue. Mm-hmm. And that is not a place of, of town to be in. That is that place is not good. No bueno. <laughs> no bueno. Yeah, it's not. It is not a good part of town, buddy. As it you can, to, as you can tell by the by the by the crowd. It seems to be what happens or where where wrestling meccas just seem to pop up, isn't it? These wrestling meccas seem to pop up in just the worst parts of town. Hey, man. You know your faces. <laughs> Them, them inner city places, them inner city people eat that shit up. Yeah. Like the, I can't remember what the waiting list was, but I asked one time about how long the waiting list was for tickets, you know, and it was a countless amount of months. It was just pretty much, you know, you get lucky, you know. It was, well, with it, with it being in, in the uh, TV studio, were the tickets free? You mm-hmm. just had to get on a waiting list to get in. Yeah, tickets were free. Okay, it was just like because you know 
it's it's smack dab in the middle. I mean, I, I don't know what's the worst part of town, like where the studio was or where the Coliseum was. But either either one of them, you know, when you leave the parking lot, it's for, it's night, it's all all she wrote. It's um, you know, what I mean, it's it's the wild west. Put your wallet in your front pocket. <laughs> don't don't have it. Yeah, don't even, yeah, don't even have it on you. <laughs> no, dude. If, if you're lucky, just carry your EBT card. Because <laughs> I mean, they'll take that too. But at least you can you can uh, stop it. Like, <laughs> like you can sell you can you can like sell your EBT um, money. I, I don't know how my my old partner did it, but she used to get it, and she used to sell her food stamps all the time because we because we made money. We, yeah. owned, we we owned the business, but I guess because she didn't, she never claimed the actual paycheck, so she showed no income. And she she goes down to the department and tells them that you know she just, she may own a business, but she don't make any money, you know. Mm-hmm. But she she we paid the loan off and in one fell swoop when we bought the business we just paid the the existing loan right off, so we ne- we never owed a dime on that business and then unfortunately like i always tell everybody i'm not blaming on him but obama was president then and as soon as he came in the office all, everything went everything went downhill man they, they started they started being stingy with the food stamps yeah <laughs> you know he, they, they cut back on like what you really couldn't and we we used to i forgot how we we, we used to work around the system because we would we would tell we would tell the food stamp people when they would come in that we um we sell everything raw, like live, but we provide free steaming, mm-hmm. and there was there was nothing they could do about it. You know, it was it, you know we can't we can't tell you you can't do that. You know, but you, you're you're meeting all the eligible requirements. That, you know, right, they had yeah. food stamps, and we had a we had a our money maker was this poker machine we had. We had this guy who would he would get paid on Friday like five hundred dollars, and somehow he would spend a thousand Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. He said that at the machine. For the, hours. Oh, there was a the, there was a pl- there was a like one of those. Um, um, I get what is it like? Um, not not a casino, but like the the computer casino places. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, next the, game, door, the video gaming. Yeah, next door to a place that I worked one time, and I was I always thought these none of these people that I see around this place all the time ever seem to have to go to work. No, like no. They're, they're, they're there all the time. Like, wow. <laughs> what Nate, the fuck? That, Nate, that is their work. That <laughs> yeah. Is it's a whole, it's a whole entire casino of a uh, Charlie from Starkville, Mississippi. <laughs> that, that's, that's the way I, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea what it looks like, but that's what that name reminds me of. It's like when, when you mentioned Archie Mitchell. I have no idea what he looks like, but I guarantee I see it like four of them a day, <laughs> you know, in the in the in, in the produce aisle. <laughs> yeah, this I can't I can't wait for this job. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I don't know whether I'm going to I want to go out with a bang and get fired big time, or <laughs> just quit. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Um, uh, you guys, did you guys like the Public Enemy promo? That's actually I, I, I enjoyed it. I I. Was, I this, ru- Go ahead, Nate. Sorry. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I actually wrote down this is this is my favorite PE promo that I've seen on ECW so far. Yeah, I, I mean, my favorite thing they've done, like just in general, just this is what they should have been doing the entire time. There wasn't any goofball bullshit in it. They weren't wrapping fucking cash rules everything around me. They they he just cut up straight. It, yep, and, 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 and it wasn't the whole oh Johnny. Yeah. 
You know, I was like, this is like the best you're going to get at a public enemy. Like if, you, if you're trying to take them and, you know, serious at any point, at least I thought it was. Yeah. They talk about their success in ECW and, you know, they, they, you know, their story is they just walked in off the streets to ECW, learned how to wrestle and quickly became a success. And they, you know, they beat up the funks and they beat up this team and they beat up that team and they're walking through this under, it looked like kind of underneath a bridge area. Well, you know where it was, right? No. It was right underneath 95, like where the arena is. It was just down the street. <laughs> the perfect venue. Huh? The perfect venue. Yeah, because like literally, like the ECW arena is pretty much right under Route 95. But you kind of have to go, it's it's a pain in the ass to get to where you have to get on 95. At. You have to go through the city to get on 95. So it, it, it's a pretty big, it's a pretty big walk underneath there because there's nothing there. Like after you leave the arena, it's just a stretch of just nothing, and then there's like a drugstore, like a like a, some sort of a pharmacy, all the way at the very end. Uh, you, you guys never been to the arena ever? No. Nope. Uh, I, I last time I went, I couldn't believe what I you I, I didn't I had te- walked outside again and checked the address because <laughs> I'm like, what the hell happened, man? They actually put a lot of money in it. I heard, yeah, I heard from. Uh... I heard from somebody that I know that lives out there that it's completely different now. It's a completely different, the, the area, the arena, everything. The locker it's, room, mm-hmm. last time I worked there, the locker rooms were, they actually kind of had like locker rooms, like, like not, not all individually separated, but there was, you know, small rooms like mm-hmm. back there. But, you know, then, then you kind of find out who you are because- <laughs> I, I still never dressed in any of the rooms. I was still sitting outside with, with Hambone Donnie and Hambone Dino. <laughs> you know, we weren't, nobody ever invited us into their locker room. Maybe, um, maybe Shane, maybe Shane once in a while. Cause I, but, I, I ended up, I ended up working like, because Shane living so close to Baltimore, basically, you know, I ended up being on a, just a, a ton of shows with Shane, mm-hmm. you know, because he could, he could charge 200 or 250. And still only had to drive a couple hours, you know. So he was getting tons of work. But yeah, I, I like the. Um, I, I thought the the public enemy promo was definitely the uh, was the, um, the highlight of anything they've done. And then, um, then they had the hotline plug. Well, Rocco had a really good line. He said they're more afraid of <laughs> they're more afraid of losing than dying. So that means Cactus and Mikey should be more afraid of winning than losing. I thought he said he was more afraid of living than dying. Maybe you're right. Maybe he did say lo- or winning, but I thought he said he, they're more afraid of, like, whatever than dying. I don't know. It's freaking fucking Johnny Grunge. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a hand on a whole different level, dude. Well, I'm glad we could finally say something positive about those gents this week here on Reliving the Extreme. And like Chad alluded to after this, Joey Styles is letting us know that you can call the hotline and leave a message for the Sandman or Tommy Dreamer's mom because that's I think that was I think that was a rib. I think the I think the original ECW Hotline, I I I think that was a rib on Tommy Dreamer. Like I think that was Tommy's Dreamer's number, <laughs> and I think Paul just did it to f with him. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we're just gonna put your number on TV. I'm sure people were calling up talking to Tommy's mom because she she's a she's a a, a great person. And like she likes the she likes the chit chat, so she's not going to hang up on you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We got to get her on the show one time. 
Tommy Dreamer's mom. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer's mom. Mommy Dreamer. <laughs> yep. No, yeah, she Tommy. makes some. She makes some great, great ring gear. She made all his ring gear when he when he was like the sexy boy guy. Mm-hmm. Like she made all that shit. I think her first name's Tammy, isn't it? Tammy. Well, I know. I, Tammy, it's Tammy Dreamer's all. Uh, I, just, I only met her a handful of times, and she was just Mrs. Dreamer. Well, Joey is going to say that we have there. He says that we are going to have an update later on on the Sandman and the Tommy Dreamer situation. And then we get a match to Cold Scorpio and Matt Bourne, born again, who comes out with Mr. Hughes. I thought he was gone, but I guess he's not. No. Um, <coughs> so he, he comes out then we get a too cold a standard too cold Scorpio promo as we've discussed on the show Whoop, there it is another another shitty too cold Scorpio <laughs> yeah I mean I wonder He's how like, many of them how many takes it took you know because I mean I know by the time it was it was my time to cut any promos which none of them ever aired it was had to have been 4 o'clock in the morning and there's no way that Marble Mouth Scorpio is is cutting it and doing it in one take. He's like, "Hey, hey, here comes the hot stepper! Whoop, there it is!" Pretty much. That's, that's bad boys, it. bad boys. What you gonna do? The way my road to ECW has been a fantastic voyage. I can't even. I can't even re- read what I wrote down about who the hell he he, he who he worked. Well, he worked Born Again, Matt Born in the half doink character. Um, and I wrote down here once again this week, Matt Bourne is fucking fantastic. His psychology in the match is great. At when, one did point, yell, when did he yell out at some point? Mr. Uh, I was just about to say that <laughs> yeah, at that one point during the match, at one point during bar. the, yeah, Scorpio had him in an arm bar and he just goes, Mr. Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of was writing. I was I was writing my my notes down when I had my head down. I heard him say it, and I looked up thinking, "You know, Mister Hughes coming out." And the crowd totally popped for it too. That yeah. was great. It was, was really mis- funny. He was just Mister Hughes. Where are <laughs> dude? I can't just just imagine. Just like take a step back and and kind of like imagine what could have been if Matt Bourne would have had just any of his shit together. You know? Oh yeah, the, the, his psychology is great. He's that character. That character was perfect for him. Yeah, um, it was totally. And, yeah, and 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 I don't. I'm not going to say now. He does cut a promo after the match, which I would get to after because we're going to discuss a little bit of the match. But and you guys can tell me if you think I am totally off base, full of shit. But and I'm not saying he. I'm not saying he's as good. But he is. He is. He is. Fairly close to Piper promo wise. Oh, let's see. Oh. From that's what I was going to say. If, if he didn't, if he didn't steal Piper from Portland, right? You know, that's yeah. that's right there. That's, that's it's Piper blatant, Portland one on one. It's as blatant as Dick Slater, or Terry Funk. You know what I mean? Like it, mm-hmm. it's, it's it, it, mm-hmm. like I I even put in my notes. It's like this is Piper Doink. You know? <laughs> yeah. He. I mean, I, I was never a fan, but my God, he must have said. Portland on fire, you know. I mean, it just seems like like was there anybody bigger to come out of Portland? No, no. Um, Buddy no. Rose, yeah. Well, I was gonna say Buddy Rose was probably as big in Portland as Piper, but he didn't have the success that Piper Outside. had after leaving Portland. Yeah, but well, he did. He did have a he did have a run with Backlund at the Garden. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if he had three matches with him, but I know he had a, he had a, like at least two matches run with him at the Garden. They cut it short. 
for probably obvious reasons. And his tag team with his tag team with Doug Summers against the Midnight Rockers was the only good thing in the AWA in like what 86, 87. Everything oh. else, everything else was complete boring garbage. Oh, no, I beg was... to, I beg to differ. Earthquake Ferris, Baron Von Rasky. I mean, Thing, seriously. Things I'd like to forget. We're here at the showboat. I'm Rod Trongard. Um, <laughs> one thing I did put was I don't think these guys had a bad match either. I no, think the match was fine. They worked good together. What well, for? For some reason, maybe it's just me, but wasn't the wasn't that in Atlantic City? The showboat. Yeah, I think it was in Vegas. I, I know. I know that AWA ran like most the predominantly amount of their shows came out of Vegas, but. Something just tells me that there was a a brief run where they were running a casino in in Jersey. I I, I mean maybe if I do some more research on it until we get you know I mean not that I spend a whole lot of time watching AWA classics right right. <laughs> I, I used to live for it at four o'clock on ESPN when he used to play the old repro- old reruns. Actually, you are. I just looked it up. You are absolutely right, Chad. Showboat Showboat Casino in eight hundred one Boardwalk, Atlantic City, New Jersey. That, that that just seems to me like that's completely odd for an AWA. Yeah, it's totally. Uh, I mean, but I guess at that I point, mean, there's, there's only 50 people there. Bought shows, man. <laughs> what do they, they care? That's why they had to go to the pink room or whatever. <laughs> it, it, ain't, it ain't their job, man. It's not their job to sell tickets. It's the people that bought the show. And at a casino, what do you think? They're going to give a shit about taking a hit on losing a damn, you know, Pro wrestling show, right? They they think that oh we're gonna get more people in here that way we'll, we'll spend more money gambling. But once we sold you the show, we ain't telling a soul about it. It's your right. job, well, and it, it it becomes a part of the package too, just like WCW running center stage, you know, or not center stage, but um um MSG the the uh, it, Disney World. Oh MGM. Well, I know what Nate's saying with Disney, but they did the same thing with the MGM. They had a lot of pay per views at MGM because MGM was paying them to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, wasn't I mean? that the old revolving stage thing? Yeah, that was oh, that yeah. was that was rotten. You could just you didn't even need to be told that somebody had a sign saying "boo." Yeah, you know? oh yeah, yeah. It was like it, it was quiet, and all of a sudden you hear "boo." <laughs> Yay! Just, yeah, like. It, it it just it came across. It made for bad television, in my opinion. It's like it it's just, like uh, it's like Monty Python and the villagers rejoiced. Yay! Yay! Yeah. <laughs> That's a classic, by the way, man. I, I just found that on DVD. Now I now I have it on um the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. I have it on yep. both VHS and DVD. That's a, that is the all time classic. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. I'm, I'm not Don't dead yet. I'm still alive. You will be soon. Look at him. Look at him. He's about to go. (laughs) Life of Brian is my favorite, though. That's my favorite. Life of Brian's great, too. I I never saw Life of Brian. And Monty Monty Python was was great up until it became the freaking the chorus, the opera. Once they started doing all the singing, you know, Mm -hmm. skits and all, it was like the whole like first half of the movie is brilliant. And then all of a sudden they're doing all the the, the, the singing, I was just like, all right, that's just where they kind of lose me. When they when they hoist the cow, wow! That I'm telling you, that first, I'll put that first like hour or whatever up against any other movie. And tell me, tell me, you, I don't give a shit whether you like it or not. Tell me, you're not going to at least crack a smile. 
Yeah. Dismount. <laughs> my the dude walking. My the dude walking behind Sir Arthur with the pe- the coconuts. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite girl. My favorite girl moments. The fucking rabbit. That's fantastic. Oh, the look big, at, big. Look at the teeth. Look at the bones. Hangs <laughs> on it, and then it just starts attacking them. And, and, and it looks so fake when it flies. And it yeah, jumps. so fucking yeah. funny. <laughs> we, fucking we have a we have a stuffed rabbit in in the house because we we used to have a real rabbit. Um, and then we we went to like the flea market or something, and then we found like a stuffed rabbit. And that looks just like it. And and when we had the granddaughter over and she's sitting on the sofa, I always grab the rabbit and I and I just, I throw it at her. <laughs> like it's the rabbit. She doesn't she doesn't have a clue. I mean, she's three. I, I got her to start wearing wrestling belts though. Like she's a mark for my all my fake belts. <laughs> R- wrestleman. That's what, what she calls favorite, them. One of my wrestleman. favorite. One of my favorite. Python bits is is the joke that's so funny that it kills it literally kills people like people literally die laughing reading it and they like used it like the British army used it to help win World War Two yeah, <laughs> like, they, they show they the send, joke they, yeah, where they have to send guys in and tell it piece by piece yeah uh, you can't know the whole joke or you'll die yeah <laughs> that's pretty funny the uh <laughs> the the match here with Scorpio and and uh, Matt Bourne um, ends in a disqualification. Um, essentially, Matt Bourne, Matt Bourne brings a wooden chair into the ring. Yes, where did he get that from? And I put in here. I, apparently, Hambone never had actual like steel folding chairs because every chair they ever used in the WWF when they worked there is fucking a wooden chair. It's like there's no. I I guess you're right. I never really, I never really looked at it that way. But yeah, I guess you're right. No steel folding chairs allowed in Hambone, Pennsylvania. Yeah, fans get unruly in Hambone. (laughs) You can only sit through so many Jeff Craney and Frank Williams matches before before the the steel chairs are going to fly. And 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 the the chair shot because then them chairs are heavy. Mm -hmm. Like they're, I think they're heavier. I think they're actually heavier. Than the metal folding chairs. That's what I was going to so, ask you. Would you rather get hit with a steel folding chair or a wooden? Oh, dude, chair? give me a. I'll take a steel. I'll take a steel chair flat out to the face, like right, my forehead, whatever. And you give you, you pick up one of them uh, wooden chairs. They have like these screw, like big ass screws in them holding the legs on. Like they weigh about forty pounds. And and you're gonna tell me you're gonna try you're gonna try to hit me with that and it'll work. That's why the that's why like I don't know like. Watch when with like what the Bisco did with Bruno. Mm-hmm. That chair came nowhere near him. You know, he's like, dude, he'll kill him. <laughs> he'll kill poor Bruno <laughs> if he hit him with that chair in any sort of you know believable fashion. But yeah, Hambone was um, I guess they stayed pretty much tradition because it was pretty mu- it was like just a building. You know, mm-hmm. like when they say a field house, it was just an like you could almost call it an air an airplane hangar. I was going to ask if you worked if you worked in there. I worked there much times. That's that's where I witnessed the classic um, uh, Paulie and Jason um, argument. Oh, the Grand Wizard argument. Yeah, that's that's where that happened. <laughs> like, oof. Okay, I'll just take I'll just take my check, Paul. As a matter of fact, you can just mail it to me because I, I don't even want to know about this. <laughs> I just after when I was when I was listening back to that when we were uh, when I was editing that show. 
I, I pictured, I don't know why, but I pictured, you know, Jason saying the ham or the, the, the thing to Polly about Grand Wizard. And then I pictured, uh, Chris Tucker and Ice Cube on the porch on Friday, you know. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was quite an argument, man. Uh, I, I'd like to know, I'd kind of like to know, like, the real story. But I have a feeling there's enough, there was enough said right there that you could pretty much form, put together the, the story. <laughs> Knowing Paulie's past. Leave it, leave it to the imagination at a certain point. Yes. Yeah. Paulie um, and the Grand Wizard. After this match and after, uh, after Bourne gets disqualified, Matt Bourne and Mr. Hughes beat up Scorpio. Um, and then Matt Bourne puts the, uh, the doink hat, the doink wig on Scorpio's head. And I think just in some really, I don't know. It's just, it's so cool. He, he, he asks Scorpio, how does it feel to live in my hell? And, you know, and Joey's playing the juxtaposition to that saying, well, you took the money, you played the gimmick, you know, but Matt Bourne is pretty much the essentially being doink made me psycho or whatever, or broke me mentally. Just, I mean, really cool shit. And like you said, Chad, I, I think if this guy could have kept his head on straight, he could have been a huge part of ECW going forward. When did he call him two two court? Two coming up. Two, I mean, that's in my okay. notes. Coming up. <laughs> I don't have that as a note, but for some reason, it, it just popped in my head. Yeah, it's during his. It's during his promo. Yeah, it's, um, uh, but then he, he does. He he goes. What are you, Scorpion? Scorpion doink on the <laughs> on the microphone. Um, and it, just your guys' overall thoughts on this whole angle at the end of this this match. I just I enjoyed it. I, like I said, I thought I thought it was a good match. I thought they worked well together. Um, Born throwing the referee over the rope to get the DQ, and then going fucking crazy, and just like rambling. It 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 worked. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was pretty good stuff, man. I I, I kind of thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I don't. I, I'm not really looking too far ahead at the rest of the at the rest of the notes or what we're going to talk about. But I, I would journey to say that's probably the best stuff on the show. Um, and then you know they follow it up with something cool, like they go to a commercial break and they follow it up with something cool. Rock and Rebels in the ring, and Scorpio just slams the shit out of him. You know, it's 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 cool to see. This is a good psychology on the part of Scorpio because Scorpio is usually a, a fun loving character, you know. But after what just happened to him. He's a little bit violent there. You know what I mean? It's, it's, he's pissed off. He's, he, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I thought it was effective. That was effective also. Just as, yeah. as little, as little as the segment was. You could, you could tell he was getting fired up. His big ass ears are turning red. <laughs> <laughs> Old two court over there. His, his, his alcohol fueled blood was uh, boiling. He's going to start quoting the gangster rap songs now. Oh, he's going to still, he's going to still say scoop. There it is. <laughs> One eight seven on an undercover doink. He ain't gonna say anything. <laughs> he's he, he's too much of a Mitchell. Now we roll into a fantastic Matt Bourne promo, <laughs> but he does say two chord. <laughs> I don't understand because at first I thought he mi- at first I thought he misspoke, but then he says it like three more times. Mm. <laughs> well, what do you think the rib is? Is that just a, is that just the reference on, on him like drinking? I didn't think of that. <laughs> That that might be it. I thought it maybe has to be right. It has to be right. Yeah, it has to be a, a reference to him drinking. I'm assuming. I just yeah, I, I took I just took it as a flub. I didn't even look at that far into it. That's that's a good observation, Mister Austin. I mean, I, I've never I've never seen Scorpio like drink. But that ain't to say that he didn't. Uh, you know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. I, I always thought he did. He did. He had. He had his hands full with other stuff. <laughs> like he didn't have time for alcohol. Um, Doink says, "Born whatever you want to call him, born again." Says here, a quote unquote wise man told him to stay close to your enemies. I'm assuming he was referring to Vince McMahon. In that, or Don, situation. or Don, um, Don Owens. Don Owens, yeah. <laughs> but but it, yeah, it, it would have taken him like a week to say it though. <laughs> Uh, hey everybody! Don't forget to stop by the flea market, and uh, and you want to keep your uh, enemies somewhere around you, where you can see them. <laughs> keep them in your purview. Keep them in your purview. Love me some Don Owens, dude. I, I, that's that's it's something that I'll always regret in my whole entire wrestling life that I never got a chance to meet him. Yet he's on my uh, Wikipedia page. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I somehow was like trained by him. I don't. Has no idea. There's a deal where he's where he's introduced like it's a Portland thing, and it was on Piper's DVD or whatever. And he's talking about like it's a loser leaves town match between Piper and and I think Buddy Rose. And he's like, I've booked this loser leaves town match. I'm gonna stop like I'm gonna stop booking stipulations like this because it costs me a lot of money to bring these guys in, and then they and I and I, I just lose them. Like yeah, <laughs> he's said it on TV. Yeah, he's just bitching about these stipulations costing him money. <laughs> There's, I don't know why somebody ain't, hasn't been smart enough, like me too, because I have, I'm pretty sure I have everything from Portland from like 77. I mean, I might, I be, might be missing a few shows, especially when you get to the, um, what was it, the USA, when it was USA. Mm-hmm. At the, I, I might be missing a few of them, but other than that, I, like, I went out of my way. To track down every every Portland tape and just want to hear Don Owens. Just want to hear Don Owens and Al Madrill, the Latin lover who hates kids. The Latin lover who hates kids, <laughs> and that's why all the kids are coming in. And don't say it. Don't say it. I'm allowing all the kids under ten to come in for free. Ah, that it drives the heels insane. Letting the kids in for free. Let them little rugrats in for nothing. Their own welfare. <laughs> <laughs> that that kind of shit, that kind of heat is my is my kind of stuff. When you, when you're actually just basically shooting on them, yeah, their own welfare. You're letting these welfare kids in here for free and <laughs> keeping them off the streets or whatever. Don Owens, dude. That, yeah, that's great stuff. You ever see my Wikipedia page? I think so. At one point, I don't know who made it, but like hardly anything on it's right. I don't know who did it, but I I, I went back and looked at it when somebody brought it to my attention. I'm like, I got like four birthdays. There was something. By. Actually, I'm going to look now because to be honest with you, there was something on your Wikipedia that I thought was funny. That, um, that, could, be a, that could be a segment of the show. <laughs> dissect Chad's Wikipedia page. That, what, I wrestled as Pat Patterson Jr.? I think that I think that was on there. You are you are Chad Slovensky. Okay. You're a semi-retired American professional wrestler known by your nick known by your ring name Chad Bowen. <laughs> Anthony's brother. Um early in your career you spent time in regional promotions such as the USWA and Smoky Mountain before their close in the mid nineties and made occasional appearances as a preliminary wrestler in World Wrestling Entertainment. No, no, never happened. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. I just. Every week, I didn't want to. I didn't want to do it because I forgot who who told me. It may have been Raven. That like I had a bazillion opportunities to go do it, and because Bob always wanted to take me, mm-hmm. and 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 Raven was like, "Don't," because once you once you start doing it, then that's all you're going to be perceived as. 
Like, if you want to do anything else, like, you know what I mean? And he's like, he, he knew I wasn't, I hadn't been in the business all that long. You know, I've been in the business long enough to, to know what I was doing. You know what I mean? But I haven't had like a, a shit ton of experience. So Raven was just like, don't go up there and, and get, get like pegged with that, you know, being a TV guy. Because mm-hmm. that's all you're ever going to be seeing. That. And Bob never cared because Bob was just in it for the money. So how about this? Every week. Oh, we'll do, for for a few weeks, we'll do we'll fact check with Chad's Wikipedia. Every week, I'll read a paragraph of your Wikipedia page, and we'll see how we'll see how much bullshit there is in there. So we're gonna do it again just next week. Yes, I don't know how much is on it because unless they, unless it's been updated, I've I see at least ten paragraphs here. So shit, we can get ten weeks out of it. Really? Yeah. I don't know what man. I know the last time I saw it, I just kind of laughed and was like, dude, I'm, like none of this is true. None of it. Like, you know, they, they I had like a bunch of names, a bunch of birthdays, you know, places that I didn't wrestle. Next week, I'm going to be like, and of course, with my brother Aaron and ECW's own Chad Bowman. <laughs> and then Chad don't forget, just, just or whatever. The best, the best Chad I ever was was just Chad. Hey, like when I, when I was with Dino as the slackers. You, you ever see any of that stuff? No, I've never seen any of that. Dude, we were, we we killed it in Maryland. Like we were like the only act to ever get a royalty check from t-shirt sales. We had a we had a t-shirt that looked like a Snickers bar, and it said it said king size slacker on it, and on the back it said horny grab a slacker. And when they were making the shirt, um, I was I was at our local flea market, and I was just like dicking around looking for like an outfit kind of like i was looking for this probably that superman shirt that i used to wear mm-hmm. and literally jeff like calls me up and and he just is like give me like like a tagline and i just said like i don't know horny grab a slacker and the next thing i know like the Slept shirt, on a t-shirt <laughs> it, it it just it just sold man it sold like it i i, I couldn't believe it when i went to the mailbox and there was a 125 hour check in there from fucking Dennis Whipwreck, and I'm just like, whoa. And I called him up, and he's like, dude, you guys sold like 275 shirts. And I'm like, you're kidding. <laughs> like, all right. And and literally, I was, when, when Jeff called me to, to to make up the tagline, I was just rummaging through a flea market, and I, it just came right out of my mouth. Just boom. I didn't even think about saying anything. And it just, it ended up being like, you know. Like, what dude, is it? What is it with you guys named Austin coming up with your own merch? That's that's good shit, pal. Yeah, well, you know, I learned from my my uh, cousin. Apparently, <laughs> the doink. The, the I keep saying doink. It's Matt born born again. Anyway, his promo here is good stuff. Um, do, do you have any idea? Do you know why? Like what? Like what really happened? Why he didn't last longer? I mean, I did. Didn't he? And I don't know. I don't know. I never. I haven't said it on the show yet because I guess I haven't done the research. But. Is he the guy? Okay, first of all, I know he had, I know he had uh, substance abuse problems. That's that's mm-hmm. well known. But didn't he have something go down with a woman? Um, like a I don't know if it was murder, like t- domestic abuse of some sort, some kind of something like that. I'm pretty sure. And and again, I haven't said anything because I have I haven't t- I haven't honestly taken the time to do the research, and I don't want to. I know he's gone now, but I don't want to be slandering somebody. Like, yeah, this guy was a woman beater, and it turns out he wasn't. But I'm pretty sure he had some sort of something like that go down at some point. I mean, would you be shocked? Not really. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that, that Portland is a, is a Portland area is a just it's a strange, strange area, man. Like you ever watch them neighborhood shows on YouTube? Yeah. 
like you know when they like the, it, that Portland area is just like it's a it's just a rough looking area. That's uh, that's one of those things that I actually went back when you, I didn't know it existed, and then when I went back and watched some of that after you told me about it. I was like, damn, they're really. A, I mean, I I grew up in a tough neighborhood, but there are some tough neighborhoods out there. Yeah, man. You know, and and I I would consider. I, I, I would consider where I live, like like we we have one of the better like the best blocks like in this neighborhood like mm-hmm. is the block that I live on. But either way, either side, you know, a block down or a block up, it it's it's day and night. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it reminds me of like Mardi Gras because you know I can sit outside and I can talk to my neighbors. I can walk across the street. I have a hand that lives across the street that I talk to, and. And then, like, literally after that, when you walk further, it's like bad, it's like bad street. <laughs> like the further down the block you go, to, the better the better it gets, and not a good bad either. That's why I hate I hate walking to work, man. I mean, even though I only live a few blocks away, I have a feeling one of like if if it wasn't for the fact that that Jess works days and she comes pick me up at night, mm-hmm. even though I only live a few blocks away, I'd probably Uber. Right, yeah. Because I don't want to walk up these streets. Yeah, just to, it's, just to avoid anything that might possibly occur. It's easier for me to cut up alleys. To, mm-hmm. If I crisscross applesauce up through the alleys. But then that's even worse. You know? I don't want to be, you know, because then I got to deal with rats. Like, I hate this freaking neighborhood. As we wait for Aaron to reconnect here, I don't know what happened to him, but he froze up and dropped off. He on gave up. He's like, yeah, fuck it, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> This fucking show is taking a fucking, is an abortion. Well, like I said, great promo from Matt Bourne here. He goes on about, it's kind of a split personality thing, and he's doing a great job with it. You know, he he's kind of hating on Doink, but then he says, everybody wants to be a Doink, and et cetera, et cetera. And he just, I thought it was just some really good stuff from Matt Bourne. And um, like I said, it's too bad he didn't get to have a, a longer career in the company, because this, this this ECW company probably would have been the perfect fit for him, finally, in pro wrestling. Yeah, man. I mean, actually, e- even if even if um, Matt would have been, just say he would have gotten his act together, by the time he got to ECW, he would have lost that act. Yeah. That, that's just the way it was. I mean, yeah. Not, yeah. not me, but that travel lodge that we stayed at, man, that was in a very, very bad, bad part of Philadelphia. And after we after we lost the Ramada, I mean, clearly you could just you knew that was going to happen sooner or later after you stayed there for a few times. That there was no way they're going to allow this bunch of misfits to to stay in the Ramada, you know. So then we had to move down to the Travel Lodge, and it was a dump, mm-hmm. like you know. And then you had to put like four guys in a room, you know, even though it was like forty dollars a night, but you know, nobody wanted to. Get you know, get their own room. We were barely making it. You know, I was staying with I was staying with the job guy room. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd probably be with Jeff if anybody couldn't. You could never find Axel by that point. Axel was already on on his path. Well, and like you said, you know, somebody that has somebody that has an addictive personality, you can't kind of what you were alluding to. You can't plop them down in an area where all of that shit is easily accessible and not expect disaster pretty much man i mean that's just there's there's nowhere you can really go you know what i mean mm-hmm. there's, there's a, not a whole lot of places to avoid it i mean i remember taking jason and angel down the down the block one time to, to score something i didn't even want to know 
they just right. asked me they can give me if I can give them a ride somewhere, and I just said get in, and they told me where to go, and I dropped them off, waited about ten minutes, and got back in, and went back to the freaking hotel, and it's like yeah, well, I'm I was a like a I was just a mule for a second. If I don't know, I don't know, you know. <laughs> if you if you pull me over and I'm telling you, officer, I don't know. I'm being. I'm telling you the truth. You can give me a lie detector test. <laughs> I have an idea, <laughs> but, but I'm not going to make any assumptions. <laughs> now, the final matchup we have here on the ECW show this week is for the ECW TV title. It is the ECW TV champion Jason against Mikey Whipwreck, the former champion. And uh, we were discussing this in our in our chat earlier when we were getting ready to do the show. Both Chad and I had down Joey Styles as the match starts talking about Jason. He goes, "What a banana!" <laughs> I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. Me neither, but it popped me. I like that. <laughs> what all, a banana! All, all I know is I'm I'm using it tomorrow at work somehow. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna find some I'm gonna find somebody and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna call him a banana because I had to work bananas today. <laughs> <laughs> and then now it reminds me, yeah, what a banana! What a banana. You got to say it like Pat Patterson, though, man. What What a a banana. banana. And the crowd go banana. I guess guess we're going to end up doing the show without Aaron because we're pretty much wrapping it up anyway, right? Yes, we are. Essentially, the the match itself is fine. It's, 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 It's pretty much Mikey, of course, wrestling from underneath. Um, looks like he might wind up beating Jason for the title, but it doesn't happen. Um, because the public enemy comes in and jumps Mikey with the baseball bats. I said the bat baseball bats from earlier would come into play later. Um, they put Jason on top for the three count after knocking Mikey out and then continue to beat him down until Cactus Jack comes out. I mean, that's essentially because you're building toward Cactus and uh, Mikey are going to have two matches, I guess, with public enemy coming up. They're talking about the one in Harrisburg. It's coming up on, I think it's Saturday or whatever from this show. And then at November to remember as well, no matter who wins in Harrisburg. So essentially what this match was, was just a way for Jason to be on the show again and to build the match between Mikey Cactus and the public enemy for November to remember. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like that. I like, um, I mean, I, I remember the formation of Cactus and Mikey. It was, if it wasn't for the fact that I was doing something else already, that probably would have been me, mm-hmm. but you know, I had already had, broken off and started doing something else and Mikey was still I mean they could not not use Mikey because they were still using like um he was still putting the ring up mm-hmm. you know and he was he's still cheaper cheap labor right I mean that that's not saying like he was free or anything but you know what I mean mm-hmm. he's, he's putting the ring up and he's tearing the ring down you know there it's it was Ted's Ted Rocco's ring that a big ass ring yeah <laughs> that's a big son of a gun right there let me tell you, that's a big son of a gun. Visually on TV, you can tell. Like, you know, even as me not ever having obviously never worked and never worked in that ring, I can tell, God damn, that's a big ring. Yeah, I mean, just getting into the ring, like, you know, getting on the on the apron itself. Mm-hmm. Like, there, you ain't just hop, you ain't doing that gimmick where you're just hopping up onto the, who does that, that spot where they hop from the floor to the... Uh, Brock Lesnar. Oh, Lashley, good luck La- with that one, Brock. La- Lashley does too. He ain't doing that in that ring. It, it, I mean, it 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 was it was big and it was all steel, but it was still relatively um, soft. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. 
It, it, it took a great bump, and it had a great sound too. So, what, Aaron, now what, st- steel rings. It was a steel. It was a steel ring with um, a, a wooden, like a wooden plank um, top to it. So then, after the wooden plank top, they we would roll um, a, a, a one of them really like dense foam rub- rubber. Mm-hmm. We we would roll that over the mat, over the, over the, over the wood. And then we would put down like that kind of carpet mm-hmm. um, foam, and then another like flat piece of material to tie that all down, and then the, the apron one on top of that. But it, those, it, it made a good sound. Were those ropes loose on the ECW ring? They, they were great. Loose. Okay. Yeah, I mean they 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 were. I don't know about loose loose, but they they were they were cables, but they had like um, I don't I don't know what it was some sort of like a foam like around it yeah because they look they look thicker that's what yeah, yeah they look thicker and looser than than a lot of a lot of ropes you see but it, it's still it's still underneath of it it's still it's still a cable in there with a foam around it and then it's just wrapped up in tape like i you know it it, it doesn't it doesn't like like just say you haven't worked in a long time which you know at that time i was working a lot so it didn't matter but if i were to work that ring like now or something i would have bruises under my arms from hitting the ropes because mm-hmm. they, they, you definitely gotta, you definitely gotta get used to taking, like hitting them ropes and, 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 and taking them bumps on that, on that kind of a ring. But it, it was, a, it was a good bumping ring, man. I, I mean, you know, you, you wouldn't, it, it's kind of, you don't, you don't really see it. Remember the old, um, Max Thrasher, the old yes. Max Thrasher era rings with that black ring. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that, that was, that was a piece of garbage of a ring. But still, it took the best pumps, and because it, it was like it was somehow it was steel, but it had a spring in the middle of it. And a lot of rings, they stopped doing that shit. Like that ring was so old that they stopped making, putting rings in, or springs in them in like the eighties, like the late eighties or something like that. When they, they they learned how to make them without, you know, what I mean, just using the mm-hmm. wooden planks. So nice you can join us again, there, Aaron. Aaron, yeah. now, now that your technical difficulties of we. We essentially went through the last the last segment of the show with the Jason um, match and and Cactus and Public Enemy, but now that you're back, we'll get your overall thoughts on that last segment. Uh, it went way too long, and that's longer than anybody wants to watch Jason wrestle. Like this match just dragged, in my opinion. Well, I Jason didn't... wasn't good at anything. I mean, honestly, this is not like me beating him up. And and watching sitting through a Jason squash match, you know, it's you, you can just you know you know that it sucks. You know, he doesn't know how to have a squash match. He's only used to being in squash matches. <laughs> He's used <laughs> to losing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you can you can see where it'll be ha- it'll be kind of hard for him to acclimate to it because he's not used to like getting the offense in and and he's a, he's basically a promo guy and mm-hmm. and. I would say he's mediocre at best at just being a promo guy. Yeah, he is because he. Ha- okay, here's the thing about Jason: he has a promo, a good promo, but the the, the promo is only good this, until about the nineteenth time you cut the same promo. That's the problem <laughs> with it. Like it works, but it doesn't work because he essentially cuts the same promo every time. Yeah, and, yeah. and he's more effective later on. Like. People like that. Like, I don't want to watch Jason work. I don't mind him as like a stooge or a manager or whatever, but I don't want to watch a fucking ten minute Jason match. No, or or a five minute 
Jason Matt. Yeah. Well, this felt like it was 10 or 12 minutes. Good God. Yeah. Jason, I mean, like I said, he just, he ain't used to, he, he wasn't used to that, you know, and it, and it showed, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's, 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 it's saying something because, you know, Jason was a, in my opinion, he was a, he was a great, as a manager, he was, you know, better than decent. But other than that, yeah, I, I had no use for him. Well, that being said, gentlemen, overall, what do we say? What's the, what's the, uh, what's so the, I missed, I missed out on the Tommy Dreamer promo. No, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh shit. I forgot about that. Sorry. <laughs> it was on the next page of my notes. So it's like on its own thing. We do get um, that they hype that Sabu and Cactus Jack are going to have a match next week on the show, which I'm pr- sure put some people wanting to watch the television show next week. And then here it comes, the Tommy Dreamer promo. Aaron, unload <laughs> on it. Well, he, he's crying like a fat bitch in his grandma's fucking living room. I, I think he's at his grandma. He, he might be at his mom's house. I don't know. But Probably sitting, his mom's house. He's sitting at his mom's house watching the horrific thing that he did to the Sandman. And he's wanting people to feel sympathy towards him. It's like, no, you're the guy that like you burned his eye out. And he's like, I just wanted to give the people a, a, a good, a good hardcore. I quit match. And he kind of did because Sandman's eyes quit working. So it really technically wasn't. I quit. match. <laughs> I guess <laughs> if you look at it that way, huh? Yeah. And, it's just he he's like he's very sad and, and he's telling Nancy and, and Sandman that he's sorry and that every match that he wrestles for the rest of his career, he'll wrestle it for the Sandman. Great. It's like, yeah, thanks, Tommy. Yeah. 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 We, we love you, Tommy. Put upon your hardcore. Yeah, put upon Tommy here. He's just like, oh he's like put upon like, Tommy. I, I would love to see a Tommy a Tommy Dreamer Archie Mitchell feud. <laughs> That to me sounds like box office. The promos they would cut on each other. Yeah, I guess that's my put kind upon, of wrestling. Put upon Tommy here. He's crying. It's like it's like if you would hit a kid, and then you're like, "Oh, feel bad for me because I struck this kid with my car. I can't get over it." It's like, no, you you hit a kid with your car, you piece of shit. Like all these views that Sandman has, it's like he's not like they portray him as being the being the heel, but he's kind of the face of the situation. Like Tommy Cairo, like had an affair with Sandman's wife, and then he got mad about it. And now Tommy, right. Dreamer, now Tommy Dreamer hit a cigarette <laughs> and blinded him, and smacked him in the eye with the uh, smacked him in the other eye with a cane after he did that. It's like Sandman. It, 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 it was kind of like the whole like you're making him, you're trying to you're trying to present the image of him being hardcore, but at the same time he's coming off as a piece of crap. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, he's hardcore, right? But he's a hardcore piece of crap. Like, you know, <laughs> who, who, who does like? Nobody deserves the right to get an eye taken out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, but he's not just—he's not sitting there like I'm a complete piece of shit because I did that. He's just like, oh, feel bad for me because I did that. Is what he's trying yeah. like, like, oh, Sandman's blind, but but I'm emotionally upset about what I did. Like, it, it was just an awful promo. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think any if he, you know, if you hung if you hung um, Dreamer for having good promos, you'd be hanging an innocent guy, like as Gorilla Monsoon would say. Yeah, like his promos are these are what they are. Even when he's on busted open, good God, Tommy, you know, bring some freaking life to this goddamn 
to anything you do. I don't, yes. I don't know how he. I don't know how Bueller puts up with him. Yeah, I think the only thing you can say about that Tommy promo is what a banana. Yeah. If anybody's the banana of the week, it's freaking Dreamer. Well, all right. Are we, are we going to start? Are we going to change the 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 thing from Hambone of the week to um, banana? banana of the week? <laughs> Banana of the week. All right. Well, that being said, I know I tried to close it out early because I forgot about Tommy's terrible promo. Um, what do we think overall of this episode of ECW, gents? Nothing happened. No, I mean, so you can't, there's absolutely no reason to give it anything higher than a, a maybe a C minus. And that's all Matt Bourne. MP. No, I mean, if you, if you break it, if you break it down segment by segment, that would probably be the most of the reason why it would be a C minus, you know, because mm-hmm. there there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of content like on there. Public Enemy promo was pretty decent, but yeah, if it wasn't for the Matt Bourne promo, man, that this show would just be in the toilet. But that's just me, and and, and it it seems to me like like can't we usually tell when they're getting close to when there's going to be a new set of TV tapings? Yes. Are we getting there? Do you think? Is that what? Does it look that way? I mean, I'm just asking because so, we're rolling into them starting to move into angles with um, um, November to remember. I think November to remember. This one is, um, I think Douglas and Simmons. So Ron's getting ready to come in. Is it? Is it? Damn. Oh, I, oh, I thought November to remember was uh, going to be Douglas and Scorpio, but maybe I might be wrong. <laughs> No, yeah, because um, I don't think I don't think Simmons comes into what ninety five. No, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I think I think I don't I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure. He I know he comes in late ninety four, early ninety five because it's just because he leaves WCW when Hogan shows up. He's like fuck this shit. He saw the writing on the wall. And, yeah, because uh, I, I wasn't there. I, I was um I was technically gone, like theoretically gone by the time he got there. So I worked all the way ninety four through the majority of of 95 up until probably the spring is when I started like realizing that this ain't for me, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can only take so much of this <laughs> and, and go into the mailbox and hoping that Paul had enough money to put a stamp in the envelope. It was empty. <laughs> what I'm wondering is, are, I mean, and we'll find out next week when we watch the show was the, cause they're, they, they hyped a cactus Jack versus Sabu match for next week. Is I don't think it, it happens, is, does it? Is that is that at Hamburg? That can't be a Hamburg. It may have been because it may have been. Um, um, we may have, we may have done that weekend. We may have done Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Okay, it would it may have been it, it would have been Hamburg, um, Friday night, um, the arena, like Saturday night, like the main show, and then the tapings would have been that Sunday afternoon. So that's when you when you this start seeing like when you start seeing like all the big names like you know what I mean mm-hmm. and they're on like every single week for like the next couple of weeks that's when you know that we're you know getting into a new set of tapings. Yeah, well, I, I don't just know. How, it I don't know how it Paul did it. Like I I don't know how Paul would get. I mean, because the shows did go like sometimes four you know four and a half hours long, but he would get six weeks of TV. You know, out of what? just that out of, out of like maybe what just say maybe. 13 matches. Yeah. You know, give or take a few matches, but he would get six weeks of TV out of like one TV taping. And I, I guess, wrong. I guess, Oh, the TV studio money, he did as much as he could, you know, and, and the time they were letting him do it before they realized that he owes so much money that they ain't going to let him back in anymore. <laughs> what was that, Aaron? 
It is Ron Simmons versus Shane Douglas at November, November 94. Okay. All right. Well, and I mean, I guess that makes sense because Hogan comes in. Because like I said, the main catalyst for Simmons leaving WCW is Hulk Hogan came in and Simmons saw the writing on the wall and uh, where he was going to be on the card. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and Hogan comes in in June of 94, and this is October. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. I, I guess my my count, my timing was a little off as far as when he comes in. Maybe yeah. I was thinking of Blanchard. Maybe it's Blanchard that comes in in 95, isn't it? Uh, yeah, because I worked I, – I was on that show. I mean, I don't know if I was actually on the show, but I was at that, at that show. That, that was that that was somewhere around when Worlds Collide. No, that was 94, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, wasn't Blanchard on the same show with Arn or- and Bobby? No. No? No. He comes in on his own. Because I, I remember, I, I mean, the only thing that I that I do remember was the reason why Tully didn't stick around. And I believe, I believe Tully's talked about it before, is that they wanted him to put over, they wanted, they wanted him to put over Shane. And Tully wouldn't do it. And, it, and he said it a bazillion times, look, I'm not being a dick, but... If I put if I put him over in the first match, then there's no reason to bring me back, right? And it, you know it made total sense, but he's also going into the business for himself. You know what I mean? But you know, making sure that he can get like three more bookings out of it. If yeah. if, we, if we do a screw, another screw, and then find some way to like do a time, you know what I mean? Yeah. If I if I can, yeah. So yeah, he was he was just doing business for himself. Which nobody can nobody can blame anybody for doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just looking for the looking for the payday. Yeah, oh, that's, a, that's not a that's not that's not a, a payday. That's a bill. It's not a cell phone. <laughs> that's a bill. My Tony Atlas. I don't know why Tony Atlas did Tony Atlas ever work there. ECW. Yeah, mm, I don't think so. He wasn't too. He wasn't too far away. I mean, that I remember. He, he no, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure he was like he was probably working two towns over when they. <laughs> that was his stomping grounds in the in the. Early to mid nineties, the Savoldis, yeah, the old Savoldi IWCCCCCW, still my favorite company. I, I don't know what's, I don't know what's better, better to hate that or Portland. I don't know. Curly <laughs> Mo, though, I'm telling you, <laughs> I still have like, anytime I come across somebody that has that has uh, um like I ICW tapes because. I had a, I lost a bunch of them like in a flood. I had like the whole the whole entire stuff, but I just lost them all. And, and I'm like, dude, I, I got to get the rest of these IWCCWs. When when um, Johnny Grunge was with the Equalizers, Zip and Zap, it was it had to have been the worst ever, the worst company. It had to have been. That and you know what's great is is you know you're talking because I know me, Aaron, Chad, the three of us. You know that you are talking to a real wrestling fan when they love to watch shitty wrestling. Yeah, and, and you go out of way, go out of your way to look for it. Yep, sure do. I want to see something completely fucking awful. Yeah, give me a good. Um, I don't know if it's our page or whose page it is, but give me a good Jeff Farmer promo. Yep, from that from that Arkansas stuff because I used to have all that stuff. Man, I, I don't Motley, I don't know Motley what Cruz. Motley Cruz, yeah, man, that stuff was rotten. Um, you could smell it through the television. It was so bad. And who was Motley Cruz, dude? Seriously, who was the guy that worked for like that women's company? He was like the manager. 
and he cuts like the most racist, sexist promos of all time. Oh shit! Um, God damn it! Yeah, cannot, it'll it'll, I, it'll it'll come to me as soon as we're done. It'll come to me at two o'clock in the morning when I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll still be awake, so I'll just keep checking the page. So we <laughs> lost Aaron again. No, I'm still here. I mean, we lost Nate again. No, I'm here too. Who we lose? Nobody. Aaron just turned his camera off. Oh. All right. Well, I don't know why I did that. What are you? What are you doing? Something illegal? I just don't want to make eye contact with you guys while I shit. Oh, <laughs> well, ain't nothing wrong with that. You don't know how many times I've done it on this show. Oh yeah, I do. No. <laughs> yeah, all right, everybody. Now that we've gotten Aaron's bathroom break. We are going to sign off. So it's not a break anymore, Aaron. You get to clock off. Um, Aaron. Any parting words for our listeners this week? Or any farting words. <laughs> he's going to flush the toilet, man, right now. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a good thing that we're ending the show anyway, because I just got a text message that I got to clean up on aisle nine. I got to go clean that up, and then I got to go restock the milk. <laughs> fucking job, dude. I can't wait. I can't. I can't wait to quit this fucking job. I hope there's like a big like storyline swerve, and by the time it's over, like Chad's like the manager. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like they, they. It almost seems like I can't do anything wrong. Like they, they, they kind of just kind of like continuously put me over, and I don't even do anything. Like. I don't know. I guess it's, it kind of reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where Jeff or George just says he just kind of continuously looks busy. That way nobody asks him to do anything. <laughs> so, like, I'm, I'm constantly walking up and down the aisles, you know, like, like I'm looking for something, but I'm not gonna, looking for it. You're going to eventually, <laughs> eventually it's going to be like Kramer where you're going to be like, well, I don't even work here. And the guy's yeah. gonna be like, "I know, that's what makes this so awkward." <laughs> you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna be like, you're gonna be like the big daddy of your grocery store. Like, I don't do anything, but you guys just keep putting me over. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, nobody will let me work. <laughs> you know, everybody I work with does everything like for me. So here I am, just I'm pretty much just walking around. You know, I literally that's what I do. I would say eighty percent of the day. It's just walk around. But then again, I'll, I mean, to be honest, the guy that the, um, the bone that I worked with today is a manager. And he told me that for some reason it has been extremely slow the last few days. I, I don't know. I have, I don't know why. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if it's a food stamp issue or you know, whatever the food stamps come out or something or why, but yeah, he was telling me that it has been extremely slow. And he's like, he, even today he was like, hopefully, tomorrow you know we'll have something to do well i noticed at my job like um first of the month is usually crazy you know but then it got food stamps yeah but that food stamp crowd wasn't around and then like the fifth they started showing up but what i think it was i think the fucking holiday pushed back everybody's food stamps i think since the fourth of july weekend oh man now they're, guys, starting, now they're finally starting to get their mailbacks checked, and they're all back out there now. If you could take food stands, man, you guys are solid. Look at this. Craystone, get out of here. Oh, outside cats has come strolling in. 
<laughs> I walked in to get a beer, and there's the fucking outside cat. There, a manager, bag. Another, another manager. He's not there anymore. But there was this guy, and he had some problem with his fucking food stamp card, and it wasn't working or something like that. And he started complaining, so we had to like go up there. And that guy, the food stamp guy, just pissed my fellow manager off because this this guy said. I'm in here trying to spend my God, give you people my goddamn money. And the manager was like, no, you're in here trying to get me. <laughs> like yeah. your, your food stamp your money. I gave you out of my check. Like, no, <laughs> don't tell me it's your money. <laughs> hey, EBT, man. All right, let me sign off. Thank you for joining us, everybody. <laughs> this week on reliving the extreme. We'll see. You wonder week. if Snook ever had to say that. No, like he, he, went from, he went from TCB, brother, to EPT, EBT, brother. <laughs> EBT. <laughs> EBT, brother. Yeah. EBT, brother. <laughs> Take a care of groceries. <laughs> <laughs>